everybody, Will Houck here with the Roots Rednecks and Radicals, and I got another great episode in store for you. Aaron Skiles is going to be on the show this week. Before we get to that, I wanted to remind you to give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't already, check me out, search up the name on either of those platforms. Also, a little reminder that we got a Patreon going as well with some extras and specials and, and uh, things like that. So make sure to go over to Patreon and check out the show on there. Search up the show and um, uh, see all the stuff that's going on there and ways that you can support. Also, um, if you can, take a few seconds, whatever platform you're listening to this on, Apple or Spotify or whatever, like and subscribe to the show. It really does help with the algorithms, getting me into the feeds and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the show's been expanding uh, quite a bit lately and I'm uh, really happy about that. And I'd just like to see that um, uh, going and more um, uh, more, more, more growth and more, more people part of the community as well. And um, connected to that, if you have some friends who are into this kind of music, feel free to share the, the show with them. Talk to them about it and say, you know, hey, got a, an episode you can listen to here and there. Also, if you want to, um, connect with me over email. My email is willhauk at gmail.com, H-O-U-K. And um, yeah, send me an email and uh, let me know any questions you have or show ideas or things like that. That would be fantastic as well. All right, let's get going with the show. Aaron Skiles is a singer-songwriter from the Bay Area. He's in the band Bourbon Therapy and recently released a solo album called Wreckage from the Fire. It was recorded at Dialback Sound in Water Valley, Mississippi. That studio and label are owned by drive-by truckers bassist Matt Patton. The album was engineered by Matt's partner in crime, Bronson Two. And it sounds incredible. I had a chance to chat with Aaron about this album and what it was like to record in that space. I hope you dig it. Fantastic. All right. Well, the new album is called Wreckage from the Fire, and it was recorded at Dialback Sound. I was wondering if you could tell us um, uh, what it was like recording down there. And uh, um, for people who don't know about the studio, just a quick little um, a bit about the studio sure. as well. Yeah. Well, Dialback Sound uh, is owned by um, Matt Patton, basis of Drive-By Truckers, and, and a partner, Bronson, too. And it's in Water Valley, Mississippi, which is a small town, I think about 5,000 people, about half an hour from Oxford. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was a magical experience. First of all, Bronson and Matt are just incredibly creative people. And they have uh, the ability to get just some incredible musicians in there, like world-class musicians um, in there. But the other, the other thing is, uh, it was a musical retreat for me because it was in the middle of pandemic, obviously, but it was, it was actually recorded in 20, uh, 20 at the end of 2020. And they had a little efficiency apartment for me to stay at, at the studio. And so for a week, I just lived and breathed the, the birthing of my album. Like, you know, literally like I'd wake up, you know, nine or 10, take a walk or a jog through town, get some coffee, get a little breakfast. We cooked in the cooked in the studio. Even we'd start about noon, go to about midnight, stay up, drink some beers, talking about what we what we had done the day before, and do it all over again for five days straight. And it was, it, I mean, it was a dream. I I've never done an album like that because it's always kind of been you know go in for a session here, going for a session there, and over the course of months, uh, put it together. But this was one where we we just knocked it out right there. Yeah. Did that involve um, uh, recording and mixing, or was that just the uh, the um, laying down tracks? It was all. It was oh. all. We so part of how we did it so quickly was that um, Matt and I had had worked on most of the songs together. So he he co wrote. We co wrote together six of the eight songs. There was actually a ninth song that we recorded that 
I'll release later. It just didn't fit. Um, but the, uh, so, so there was a lot of preparation and the musicians that were brought in had received some of the, the, the listen heads of the demos. And it was just, we did it remote, you know, me in California and, and Matt in Mississippi. Then we'd go back and forth and adjust things kind of on the fly. And then, so when I showed up, they were familiar with the songs and then we, we tracked live um, for not for vocals. Cause I'm not that good, but um, we tracked live for me playing rhythm guitar, Matt on bass and Bronson on drums. So in a matter of a few days, we got the basics done for all nine of the tracks. And then um, we brought in uh, Taylor Hollingsworth uh, to, to play lead guitar. I've since worked with Taylor on, on stuff that I've got coming in the future. He he's just, mind-blowing guitarist man and so versatile you know and um and, and he's the kind of guy i i'm i'm the kind of songwriter where i i build a skeleton of something and i say that here's the flavor and i i don't go no i need you to hit that no i need you. i i i need people that are creative because i i that's how i my my art comes to life and taylor's exactly that he was like okay i i know what you're what you're doing what you're where you're going here and he'll send me something back and i'm like that's perfect man so taylor came in knocked stuff out over a couple of days and then we also had AJ Haynes of the Serotones, uh, lead singer of the Serotones. She did the backing vocals. So all the, the female backing vocals that you hear on the, on the album on several of the tracks are her. And then Bronson did at Bronson and Matt did some of the backing vocals as well. And, and another thing about working with Dialback is like even backing vocals like that, that's like their specialty. And I'm like a huge fan of, of, um, almost getting that beach boy vibe going sometimes with, with, with the harmonies and the backing vocals and, and that, that they just had a vision of what we needed on certain songs. And, um, and it was like, it was like we were for that week, our minds were connected and we were really on the same page. And it was, like I said, it was magical for me, man. Yeah. It was really a great week. That's amazing. Yeah, I really want to get down to that uh, that space and hang out with those guys down there and, and see what's going on. I did an interview with them from the studio at, with uh, with uh, Matt and Bronson, and um, it, it just seems like a, a really cool space. And the stuff that's coming out of there is amazing. Yeah, I, I had such a good time that when the truckers came through San Francisco back in February, we had Matt over for dinner, and I said, I "Tell you what, Matt, I went down to my basement. I pulled up this." Um, fretless GNL base that I bought in like Tacoma, Washington in like 99 or something. And I hadn't touched it in probably 20 years. I said, I want you to have this. I'm not using it, but I want it to hang on the wall in the studio at, because I like, I want a piece of me <laughs> kind of in that studio all the time. Also, I was like, in this way, now I know I, I, I'm, I'm going to be able to book something in the future too. So, so he's got that thing. And, uh, and the report back is that it, it's, it's super funky and slinky and, and he's totally big and having it there. But that's the other thing about the studio is like, there's just so much cool stuff in there. You know, you, you look around and like for this sound, for this song, I want to try this silver tone, you know, and like all the different amps that they've got choices. And I mean, it just, I was like a kid in a candy store, man, with, <laughs> with, the, with an unlimited budget, so to speak, you know, I, anything in there was, it was available. And uh, it was, it was just, yeah, it was great. It's a great place. You should definitely check it out. Absolutely. Yeah environments like that are amazing so um i really like the song triumph of three chords and i was wondering if you could uh, maybe talk about writing that song and, and uh, where that yeah from. so that song um i wrote that one early in like the lockdown because we had a i mean i think a lot of places had pretty strict lockdown the bay area certainly had a really strict lockdown 
And I was just like, man, this is depressing. What the hell's going on? And I started thinking, well, what do I like? What makes me feel good? Well, it's music, you know? So I wrote a song about music making you feel good. Um, and that's what it's, that's what that song's about. You know, it's, it, it talks about, um, it, uh, towards the end, I think it says, it doesn't have to be complex three chords. Um, gosh, I can't remember my own lyrics now. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it, the fact of the matter is, uh, it's, it's a really simple song. It's almost two chords for the most part. And then the third chord comes in, in the chorus. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's got this really simple groove. And when I brought it in, Matt was like, you know, man, I'm digging this California vibe coming from you. And like, it's funny because he, he really made me during that whole week think introspectively about my own songwriting and, and sort of realizing the influences that I maybe wouldn't have, I've subconsciously absorbed over the years, like being in California, you know, growing up, I'm, you know, I've lived all, all over the place, but I, I, I'm back in California and I was raised in California. And I do kind of recognize that there's, I've been influenced by bands that I wouldn't necessarily say like are like my all time favorites, but like Green Day or, you know, like Social Distortion. Actually, I, I love Social Distortion, but bands that, you know, have a real California vibe to them. And that one in particular, Matt was like, hey, this this sounds like um, like something like a Neil Young kind of vibe. And so with that, Taylor ran with that lead guitar lick that just sort of kind of goes over the whole uh song you know it does it, it's it's repetitive and and really simple and just gave it a great groove and then i i had that false ending um already written like i somehow it just came to me like what wouldn't it be cool to end it here and then kind of take it off in a slightly faster pace in another direction but the key to that is what jay gonzalez did on on the keys um i i told him the way i the way that i described that to him was let's let's um I want something that sounds like jealous again by the count by the black crows. You know, I just, I want that like almost ragtimey kind of like bouncy piano bluesy thing going. And, and he nailed it. Like literally we, we sent it to him. He was not in the studio cause he was still at home, I think in New York. And um, we sent it to him and like an hour later he sends it back. And I remember Bronson drops it into the, into the, uh, the session and we're sitting in the, in the control room. And we're listening to it and like you know he he was in there a little bit it was cool but it was in the beginning it was kind of simple and and we'd already heard what we had done and then all of a sudden that that false ending started and and he does this build-up thing and i stood up and started clapping in the studio because i was like oh my god that's exactly what i wanted so yeah so that that one was a, that was a really cool one uh and I, 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 I really like that song, but to me, I didn't hear it as like a single, you know, as I was kind of looking through, I didn't release that one as a single, but all the reviews I've gotten have keyed in on that song. So I'm actually going to release it as a post-release single. Um, I think, I think in, in August it's scheduled to come out as a post-release single just because, you know, I, clearly um, people are, people are digging it. I think it's my most listened to song now too, based on, you know, the digital data that i receive so um, people have have received it well yeah if i was if i was going to pick a single off of that the whole album i'd probably go with that one it just has I this think, it's very like concise and clear and like you know it's it's, it's yeah, good probably the only reason i didn't is i'm always leery of like having that like the two songs mashed together as a single because it's almost like a sec separate song at the end although i should have i should have given myself credit we kept it short right it's still only a three and a half minute song but 
my band, you know, this is obviously my solo stuff, but my band bourbon therapy, we're notorious for having five or six minute songs that are like, they're almost like use your illusion guns and roses songs where it's like, it's two songs put together. It could have been a two minute song and a three minute song, but I like that mashing together and changing pace. So, so, and I did that. This is the only song where we did that on, on, on the wreckage album. And I think that was probably the only reason I was like, ah, that's not a single, it, it, it brings in a different element. It doesn't give the audience enough time to the listener enough time to adjust to it, but I should have gone with my gut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, uh, the opening track is this cool kind of like, uh, uh instrumental jam corn dream. And, um, uh, I was interested in, in, in that one. Did that come, uh, was, did you have that ready before you get to the studio or is that something you wrote there? I wrote it the day before I flew. So, yeah, yeah. So I was packing, I flew, I flew in on a Sunday, uh, into Memphis and, um, I was, uh, I was packing up Saturday and I was, I was putting like my, I was actually borrowing a buddy of mine had a, uh, 71, uh, Les Paul, uh, original, it might be 73 actually. Um, and he said, you, you can, you can take this and record with it. So I was like, just infatuated with it, you know? So like, it's like, it was one of those things where whenever I just see it in the house, I'd have it on a stand or hanging on the wall. I, I had to touch it. And so I was packing up and I was literally moving the case from like the corner of the living room where I, where I practiced to like the front door. So I wouldn't, you know, obviously forget it. And I was like, ah, I got to pull it out one more time. So I pulled it out, plugged it in. And I just started jamming on that thing. And I realized like, and I, and I recorded it real quick. And it was just like that is just the way that we recorded just a quick, like minute and a half thing. And I sent it to Matt voicemail. And I said, Hey man, I think this might actually be a really cool opener. And it also, it, it ends like it doesn't resolve, but the note that it wants to resolve on is the opening note that we, that's on the second track. Come with me. It's just this big old E chord. And I was like, you know, that might be kind of cool. I'm a big, like I said, I'm a big fan of social distortion and they're, um, they're, uh, um, which, which the album is a hard times uh, and nursery rhymes. No, the, the one before that, the sex, uh, love uh, and rock and roll. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that's what it's called. It, that's the one I think it opens with, um, California hustle. Oh, okay. And, and that's, I may be wrong with, with the details, but they've got like that instrumental opener and it's very kind of like surf rocky. And so when Matt picked me up, we talked about it. You know, he'd, he'd had the, the, the voice memo and I said, oh, I, I kind of think this could be like the, the one, two, like we got one and two for the album, but I need like some sort of lead part. And when Taylor came in, Matt goes, hey, man, think about like this, you know, back when we would skate and like the kind of music that we like to listen to and like get that kind of skater vibe. Let's let's go with something uh, along that the, that kind of California SoCal line. And uh, it came out. And I, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I was going to ask next about that's it's a good um, uh, lead into the next question um, about come with me because it has such a cool riff and uh, that's interesting that um, you know um, that that they were connected like that. But yeah, could you maybe talk about that song as well? Yeah, so come with me. I actually wrote that one a long time ago. Um, after it's, I wrote it after a night of um, a really cool night I had where I went and saw black the Black Crows with some friends, and you know we we indulged ourselves in various ways. And afterwards, uh, we went back to my studio. I had a rehearsal space at the time, um, in San Francisco and we went back and we jammed till like two or three in the morning. 
And I didn't write that then. We were in no state to actually write anything good. We thought it was good, but it was probably ridiculous. Um, but then later I, I wanted to write a story just about like the way I felt that night and um, yeah, just kind of the, the, the vibe that I had going on. And, and that riff came from somewhere. And I just, I just really liked the way that it grooved um, with, with the, with the story I was telling on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, that, the, the way that, that, um, that intro comes into it is just, just super cool. What was the G's that 71, uh, Les Paul throughout the album or was it just on a couple songs? I used it on six of them. I think I did use a, um, uh, a, a silver tone as well on, on, um, before you go and, um, which was the other one? It was, I believe that it was, um, hold on. I'm just going to look. Cause if, if I see it in order, I'll remember exactly which one it was. <laughs> <clears throat> sliver. It was sliver. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And that was actually Matt's suggestion. Um, cause I, at first I was like, well, let's just turn down. Like before you go in particular, that's the slowest, most kind of melodic, um, one, definitely a lot of dynamics in it. And um, I was like, well, let's just kind of get the fuzz and get the crunch off of, of the Les Paul. Cause like, it's hard to get that thing out of my hands, <laughs> you know, once I had it there, but Matt's like, no, let's, let's, let's try this guitar. And, and I'm, I'm glad he talked me into it. Absolutely. I looked it up real quick. I was, uh, the, I'm a big social distortion fan too. So I, I think I know the song you're talking about. Um, is it, is it road zombie? Oh, road zombie. That's yeah, what it is. And that's on yes, hard times yes. and nursery rhymes. Yeah. Oh, that's it is, the, man. You yeah. were right in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, that album's got some good stuff. Bakersfield is one of my favorite social oh, distortion yeah. songs. It's so like, I don't know, just like a singer songwriter like, you know, Americana-ish, you know, it's a it, great song. It's crazy that I didn't know this because Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes, uh, I've purchased, I, you know, like it, I admit, slap myself on the wrist, I don't purchase a lot anymore because I do purchase a streaming and I'm, you know it's one of those double-edged swords, right? Like you can listen to everything, especially when you're a songwriter and you're like one inspiration, you, it, having access. And, but I've purchased that album and I actually, that's the album that I listen to when I'm showering, like before a show, like that album pumps me up. I, I love that album. And so it's funny that I got it confused with it, with their earlier yeah. one. Well, no, I think uh, that, that album and sex, love and rock and roll have a lot in common. Like the, the sound, the songwriting and the, and the sound of them are really similar. I get the songs confused sometimes on both of them. Yeah. But, They're uh, supposed to be coming out with something, I think, this year. Oh yeah, nice. That's what I've read. I uh, hope to see them. I saw they, they came to Reno, um, and uh, I missed the show. I was, I was doing something, but um, I've seen them a ton of times. And uh, God, they're just like such an amazing band, you know. Oh man, I I love those guys. Back in 2016, when uh, I re released an album with Bourbon Therapy, um, when we did the, an album release show in San Francisco, I actually got this woman, Jay Jackson. Oh yeah. To, to come open for us. Uh -huh. And I think like nine months later, she was opening for social D. So I went and wow. saw them play in Berkeley. I was like, man, not sure what this says about the path my band is on, but good for <laughs> you, Jade. And she's an incredible musician. I was very lucky to have her open for me, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I've had her on the show twice now. She, she's oh, fantastic. Right yeah. She's like, I mean, she's probably now like in her mid to late twenties or something, but she's got a songwriting maturity that is way above her years. Yeah. It's, it blows me away when I listen to her songs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah. Mature is a good word for it. Like it's developed, you know? I mean, I look at my own writing and like, 
it's taken me like 40 something years to kind of get to a spot where like, Hey, I think these are getting, getting somewhere now, you know what I mean? And I'm still growing and learning. Totally. You know what else makes you feel um, old and, and, and not accomplished is going to a bluegrass festival and seeing little kids who are like 10 years old shredding on banjo and fiddle yes. and stuff. And yes. I just got back from uh, the Father's Day Festival in Grass Valley, California. And yeah, nice. uh, oh, my God, um, Molly Tuttle is kind of a product of their um, that whole kids program. And um, she's just kind of blowing up right now in the bluegrass. Oh, world. Yeah. And um, I, I got to meet her dad and um, talk to the people who run this, the, the kids program and kind of hang out with them, and watch these uh, these little kids play. But man, the musicianship is like it's like classical music level, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. I bluegrass and metal to me is mm -hmm. where you find the best musicianship if you if you really want to stop and think about it yeah yeah those metal guys can shred cool man well um what uh what future projects do you got coming up are you going to tour with these songs are you going to play some shows with them and yeah yeah we've got um a west coast tour lined up um in mid-october it's going to take us essentially from seattle to san diego um and got uh that that's actually set and we're gonna it's gonna be the wreckage tour of course i think that uh, i i think that it's that that's the appropriate name for it um but i i'm actually i have just finished uh tracking um an album that will come out in 2023 sometime um actually two because what what i did is i um uh, an album and an EP. I, I had a, a, a group of songs that I really wanted to, to bring to life. And then after I did, I realized that like eight of them are just like these rock and roll songs. I think they're kind of along the same vibe as Wreckage. Um, you know, just and Taylor plays lead on almost all of them as well. So there's there's some similarities. But then I had like like four kind of piano driven rock songs. A little bit more along the lines of, of bourbon therapy stuff, but um, but I'm the lead singer in all of it rather than my wife doing some of it. And so I, I after I kind of started putting it together in an album, I was like, you know what? I've got two things here. I've got a rock and roll album and I've got a piano EP. So the piano EP will come out, I don't know, 24 maybe. <laughs> like I like having stuff like in the can and sort of ready to go so that it, it just it keeps me motivated, it keeps things going. It it's like it's it's how I, I it's it drives me really to kind of to keep creating because it's like i'm never done like i i, I need to keep doing this and then that's that's sort of how it is for me with with the songs it's sometimes i have like a story i really want to tell but a lot of times it's like i i need to be creative and express myself and so that's kind of the path that i follow absolutely that's fantastic having a lot of material out there is is always a good thing so if people want to uh, find you online, know more about you, all that kind of stuff, um, uh, what, what's the best place to look for you? Uh, AaronSkilesMusic.com. Um, that's the best way. It's going to redirect you to Bourbon Therapy, which is my band's uh, website. I've kind of taken it over from my solo stuff now, but you know what? What the hell? It's it's all me, right? So like, it's I'm allowed. Um, so yeah, that's the best place. But you can you can find obviously on all the streaming platforms under my name, Aaron Skiles um and uh you know that's that's where it's, where it's out there but the website is aaronskilesmusic.com fantastic all right man well i think the music the the, the album sounds amazing and uh, sounds Thank like you. it was a super fun experience and uh, when, when you go on tour are you coming into nevada at all are you just coming down the west coast right now we're just coming down the west coast yeah so um but it, it, you never know 
how these things work out. I got I know some guys in uh, who, who do a lot of the shows in, in Reno and whatnot in the northern Nevada. Uh, so um, if you're interested, I can send their their information. Yeah, to you. you know what's funny is my the the guy that's going to play bass on it is coming from Reno, and and he's a producer. Uh, Colin Christian uh, is his name. Uh, Wires and Noise is what he is what he does, and he 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 he's actually done a lot of we've done a lot of work together over the years. Um, in fact, he mastered uh, wreckage for me. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He, and he's up there. So it's like, I should get up there. I really should. But yeah. sometimes just the way things, you know, logistics and whatnot. Yeah. It's not yeah, always yeah. possible. I'm just always trying to like, touring musicians always go down that coast from like seattle to san diego like you say and no one ever comes over the hill over to reno it's not really that far right once yeah, you get to sacramento like, it's not that far come here yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're right. people. i'm gonna think about this will I, right. I i may make it make a change if i can cool cool all right man well i wish you the best of luck with everything and uh i appreciate you and uh, thanks for joining me thank you so much really enjoyed this Thanks, Aaron, for connecting with me. Check him out online and on tour this fall. And while you're at it, give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Like and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And most importantly, until next time, have a good one, everybody.